Hey, everybody, we are here to tell you about a cool new feature on the website that we would love for you to check out. Head to howtosplitatoaster.com and check out the bottom of the page. You'll find a box floating there that says, quote, ask Seth and Pete, close quote. This box is magical. You just type a question in there and the robots behind the scenes will search the actual audio of our entire library of past episodes and not only give you a short answer to your question, but point you to the specific episodes where we discussed your topic so you can listen yourself. At this point, we're just testing it. To know if this feature should be a permanent feature on the website, we need your help. For that, we need you to ask a lot of questions. So head to howtosplitatoaster.com and click the box, Ask Seth and Pete. The robots will do the rest. On with the show. Seth, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, about 10% of children live with a parent with an alcohol use disorder. It's just tragic. Pete, we hear this statistic all the time. At the end of the day, the courts don't care about the statistic. The courts care about keeping kids safe. And when I mean safe, I mean safe from a party who truly suffers from an alcohol disorder or is being wrongly accused of having alcoholism or some other alcohol disorder. It's easy and it saves you money. Instead of he said, she said, there's Soberlink. Soberlink is fantastic, and they are a fantastic partner to this show. So what is Soberlink? Soberlink is a device. It's like a breathalyzer, but it is more. You blow into Soberlink whenever you want to prove in real time that you are safe to be with your kids at carpool, at drop-off, at handoff. Whenever you're going to be driving, you blow into Soberlink. It uses facial recognition to prove that you are the one blowing at the time that you are taking the reading. It sends it off to the people who need to know. People involved directly in your case, not to be used for publication, not to be used for social media. This just goes to the people who matter most for your case as you are collecting data. Soberlink Remote Alcohol Monitoring has helped over 500,000 people prove their sobriety and provide peace of mind during parenting time. And Seth, word on the street is courts love it. Yeah, and it's not just when you're getting in a car. Let's be clear. People can say, never gotten a DUI. What's the issue? Well, the issue is once you're home at five o'clock and you're no longer driving, but you're going to start cooking and having a glass of wine and that glass of wine turns into two bottles, that's now an issue. So it's not just getting in the car. It's when you, the children are in your care, custody, and control, are you focused on them and not using alcohol? Independent, third-party, real-time verification to support your case. I haven't been drinking. Here's the proof. Those are the words that lawyers and courts love, but here are the words you're going to love. You can save 50 bucks off your device and get started right away at Soberlink.com slash toaster. That's Soberlink.com slash toaster. Thank you to Soberlink for sponsoring this show. Hey, everybody, it's Pete. We are still on our little break here at the toaster, and uh, we're just resurfacing some of our favorite conversations from years gone by. And this week, we've got a fun one. Uh, Rhonda Nordic. You remember Rhonda Nordic? She is the host of Divorce Conversations for Women podcast, helping women ask tough, tough questions so that they get the answers they need to navigate the divorce process. Well, she's fantastic. And so we're resurfacing this episode from season two 
we've got a couple more weeks here, I think, before we get back into some new stuff. So thanks for your patience. Thanks for letting us have a vacation. And we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today, we're taking on tough questions with a tough guest to help. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Seth Nelson, and we're here, as always, with my good friend, Pete Wright, and a special guest today, Rhonda Nordick host of Divorce Conversations for Women podcast and CEO of the Women's Financial Wellness Center. On her show, she helps women ask the tough questions so that they get the answers that they need to navigate the divorce process. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. Thanks so much for having me. That's so good, right? We put that in the script to to demonstrate that we listen to you right. every word. That's we right. totally listen to you. <laughs> and let's just get it out there right now. How often do men actually listen? <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know I was setting you up for that, Seth. <laughs> and notice oh, Rhonda didn't brilliant. respond. She got real no, quiet, I know. real, real quiet. quiet. She doesn't need to say. I a know word. when to be quiet, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Rhonda, we're so glad to have you here, and your show is great, and it's such a, a fabulous resource. And we should say, full disclosure, Seth was just on your show a couple of weeks ago in December, uh, episode 85, link in the show notes, yes. talking about uh, his, uh, the world-famous Seth Nelson uh, peace acronym. <laughs> it's all about world-famous trademark, uh, check your local jurisdiction uh, peace. And right. so we're here talking about your show, Asking Tough Questions for Women. Let's get this out of the way first, which is... We try not to trap ourselves in too many gendered conversations, and we run into a lot of people for whom hard questions are hard questions, whether they're your men, women, other. What's your experience in the show practically where there are questions that are unique to women right now? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, women approach divorce differently. I think that the biggest thing is for them to say, hey, I don't really know where to start, right? And it's not that that the questions themselves are necessarily different. I think it's just the way that um, they, men and women approach the questions that's different, if that makes sense. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times the women that I'm working with, they have been contemplating divorce for years, sometimes decades, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, okay, well, now I think it's time. How do I know it's time? And where do I start? Like, that's probably the biggest question, right? Which is obviously backed by fear. You know, I don't know where to start because I'm afraid of either what I'll find or the journey ahead or not knowing what I don't know and all of those kinds of things. So, you know, and I think a lot of times people will ask, Rhonda, what about the guys? And I'm like, okay, first of all, right, Women's Financial Wellness Center does not hate men, okay? <laughs> however. <laughs> but then there's a however. However, yeah, right? right? However. It's carrying a lot of weight. Right. The however, though, is that I just love working with women, right? Because they're usually open and they, they recognize that they need guidance and help. Um, they value, you know, having a supportive team of people that come alongside and help them. So it's just, you know, it's not to say that the guys don't need help because I think a lot of times they do. It's just that either A, they're not going to ask for help and they process that information and those questions differently. And secondly, like I'm one person 
right? And I'm good, but like not that good. Like there's only so much bandwidth I have and I'm just passionate about, you know, helping the women. Mm-hmm. Well, I I really appreciate how you dealt with that question in, in your approach because from my experiences, I think a lot of what you said is true is that that generally women will approach this differently than men. And it's not that I don't have experience with dealing with men that are like, I don't know where to start. I've been contemplating this for years. I don't know the finances. I'm afraid of what I'm going to find. Like there will certainly be those, but there is, I believe in my experiences, society where women will join together to support each other differently than how guys do it. Yes. And for whatever reasons that are, that works in sociology is beyond me. I just, I appreciate that that happens. When we're dealing with finances though, and where they are and everything we're going to talk about, is it fair to say for today, we're going to talk about it as if the woman doesn't know, but this applies to anybody, man or woman or other that doesn't know about their finances or things they should be doing in their divorce process? Absolutely. Yeah, I was curious on that point as you as you elaborate this whole idea that you know what are the barriers between uh, couples not being aware of the finances of the couple? Uh, is it a uh, you know Seth and I were talking before the show? Is it is it a professional thing? Right, if you're an accountant or a business owner, you're going to know the numbers, uh, or is it even a generational thing? Right, if you are over fifty, do you have what would be traditionally or, or I should say stereotypically gendered roles in the family where the quote husband does the the books? Uh, right. kind of a thing. Uh, what's your experience with that, all that? I think there's a couple things. One is certainly the professional aspect is huge. So I have a lot of clients whose husbands are financial advisors or um, financial analysts or, you know, have positioned themselves professionally as knowing more about the finances because it's what they do. I think it's also how they're wired. And I always say like their love language is spreadsheets. Like they come in and yeah. they're like, all right, I've got all this, you know, like the more spreadsheets, the more screens. That is sexy. Let me tell you. That's oh, dear. a new <laughs> <laughs> oh, It's true. My love like, language you know, is spreadsheets.com. Swipe right. right for spreadsheets. <laughs> true. It's so true. And they use it. Unfortunately, there's times when they will use that to intimidate. Right. Because they know that like the more chaos and confusion that they can provide for their spouse, the less likely they're going to ask really good questions. I think there's I think there's a professional aspect, right, where the women feel intimidated. Okay, okay, Hold on one second. I I have a confession to make. Your love language is spreadsheets. It's not. But (laughs) I'm a nice Jewish boy. I'm about to make a confession. Oh, wait, let me get the nice Jewish boy theme song. (laughs) (laughs) As most people who use Excel know. If you highlight a row of numbers, it will sum it at the bottom, okay? And there'll be times, I will say the same confession to the people that I do this to afterwards, but there are times where I will be working with people and I will highlight a row of numbers, lots of numbers, lots of zeros, and I'll say, oh, hold on, let me just add this up real quick. And I'll start saying something like, you know, 1.23 million and 157,000, then 228, carry the one. And then I always carry the one. You got to always carry the one. You got to carry right? the one. Of course. And then I'll say it ends up being 
84. And they're like, oh my God, you did that in your so head? I, and I said, or it's the sum at the bottom. And I'm oh, having a little fun. You so. yourself at the end. That's a problem because you can't, what, you can't see everybody. Is it Seth really closed his eyes like his brain hurt just now? Right. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm going to, I, Seth, I see, Rhonda's going to steal it. She's going to steal it. Title show, Carry the One with Rhonda Nordic. Oh, I love that. Um, so yeah, so professionally, right there, I think there's a level of um, imbalance of power professionally yeah. because that's a big deal, right? And and so that that plays into I think the psychology on how women approach things. Like, oh, he's super smart. Like, I'll give you an example. So there was a lady that I was working with, um, and her husband owned like he was in politics and he was really well known in the community, and he was known for doing. Um, like building um, some new subdivisions, right? So he was in the construction industry as well. And so he he put together something for her on a legal pad, right? Yellow legal pad and writes down all of the things that they have, all the assets and says, hey, here's, here's a snapshot of what we have. So we go to do the attorney interviews and she brings this sheet, right? And she pushes it over to the attorney. And the attorney's like, okay, you know, well, great start, but like, where's all the backup documentation? And this lady says, well, you know, I, I mean, he's super smart and I know that, you know, he has, you know, in full disclosure, like I trust him. Right. And she's like, listen, this guy's 55 years old. And if he really had his act together, he'd have more than $2 million of assets. And I'm like, Right. Like, but she had put him on such a pedestal that she yeah. wasn't, she felt totally comfortable with a legal pad with that, with stuff. No, it could have totally been legit. I'm not opposed to that. Right. But we yeah, need the backup yeah. documentation to verify the numbers on that pad of paper. It's like, it's like Reagan said, right. Trust, but verify a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Right. Right. So the professional aspect, I definitely think is part of it. I do think there's an aspect of bandwidth, like, okay, we're going to divide and conquer. And nobody's sitting around singing kumbaya about the finances. They're just not, right? Like, everybody's kind of got their thing, and you just, hey, they do their thing um, as a couple. And and whether that's a generational aspect, I think there's sometimes that, you mm -hmm. know. But I think it just comes down to practicality as far as time. Well, and it certainly sounds like uh, like that's that's the resource sort of. That's, that's the piece of the puzzle that you fit. There is, it sounds like, a defensive aspect that says, you know what, I am, I'm feeling so awash in yeah. this that I, I need someone just to help me feel a sense of control. Absolutely. Or, right, a sense of power and, again. And I think along with that, Pete, is not being overwhelmed. Is yeah. that it is so overwhelming. You remember the episode we did where we listed out all the documents that you had to do in mandatory disclosures where it went on and on and on in tax returns. And it's just like nauseating. Um, yeah. And that's so overwhelming. And so to have someone like Rhonda who helps people go through the process and say, we're just going to start gathering some information. And I'm not going to ask you to go get all your tax returns at one time and all your bank account statements and all of this and all of that. But we're just going to take it one this week. We're going to get our tax returns. And how do I even get my tax returns? Well, you can go to the IRS and request your tax transcripts. You don't need your husband's position <laughs> um, permission. You don't need your wife's permission. All you need is that it's you and your social security number. And you can go to the IRS website and order your tax returns. They're called transcripts. Doing it one step at a time 
gives you a sense of uh, empowerment. It gives the, you a sense that you're not overwhelmed. And it gives you a sense of accomplishment. Like, I haven't looked at my taxes in 10 years. And here I went and I got them. And now I'm going to work with someone and I'm going to give them this and say, in 10 minutes, I want you to explain to me my tax returns. I don't want to know every little detail. I don't need to know every little detail. I just need enough information to make an informed decision. And I think it's the mindset piece around it too. Like, hey, listen, you know, just because, you know, women haven't handled it, it doesn't mean that they're not capable of handling it. So there's this aspect of us saying, listen, you're smart, right? Like with the right knowledge and the right experience, you're going to come out of this process potentially with more confidence than when you started, especially if, you know, we're working with them through that process and taking those micro moments like Seth said to say, Hey, let's, let's just take a couple minutes. And I want to share with you what, what you have here. And so it's not like, Hey, let's turn on the fire hose and like, Oh my gosh, there's all this info and I'm totally overwhelmed. It's just these small micro moments throughout the upper, you know, throughout the divorce journey that they then come out of the other side, feeling more confident about making, you know, financial decisions. Well, and maybe for the first time in their adult lives or ever, they know where their money is. Yep. They know where it's going. And they know what choices that they get to make. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about how you get into the process. Like, at what point are you engaged or do you engage in the divorce process generally? Do, you, do the lawyers call you and bring you in? Do the, you know, do the, the wives themselves? Like, how does that work? Normally, they reach out even before they filed. So, you know, when I first started my business after being in the financial industry six years ago, what I found was that a lot of times women in the midst of it, it was frustration around the process and not knowing what they didn't know and all that kind of stuff that they would call. When I launched the podcast two and a half years ago, what I found was we were reaching more women who were in that contemplation stage who hadn't filed. So we've seen a shift in that. Most of the women reach out before they have filed. Um, so we're actually sometimes the first person that they will reach out to. See, that's something men I, that wouldn't do. No. <laughs> I'm right. thinking about it. No. I think I'll research and get my ducks in a row. Said no man ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Why are men lost in space? Because they refuse to ask for directions. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, you know. so we often get involved in the beginning and we will help them at that point, right, start gathering that information. It's not uncommon if we're working with clients that they actually have all of their financial documentation and even their financial affidavit or financial disclosure done at the time that they file. And Turner's like, what the heck did you guys do? Like, we're, they're just prepared. And, and I think because we're able to be in the weeds a little bit more, right? Like we can do a little more handholding throughout sure. the process than maybe the attorneys are able to do, but we can come along and support what they're doing as part of the process. And on that point though, Rhonda, from a lawyer's perspective, one of the things that is very difficult for all of our clients going through this is getting all of the documents, the financial documents together. And my paralegal, who is amazing, um, loves dealing with all those financial documents and working with our clients to get them. What she loves even more is when it all comes in a nice package (laughs) and it's ribbon together and she can actually do the initial analysis of, do I have all the documents that's required? What am I missing, if anything? And to dive in, and this is where the exploratory stage comes in. I always say it's like, Pete, we've talked about pieces of a puzzle where you will have to look at that checking account and then you'll see a transfer 
to another number, like a savings account. And then you're, you're like, wait a minute, do we have that savings account? It's right there. You just have to yeah. slow down and look. Sure. And when it comes in that nice package in a bow, all organized, that's where she can do it and do it. And because it's really, it's not fun for anyone, the divorce process, but it's certainly not fun when we have to keep asking you for documents. So yep. we'll, we'll have clients come in and say, we're going to meet with you for an hour and we're going to get online and we're going to get your passcodes and bring your phone so we can change your passcodes if you don't know them so we can pull down some credit yeah. card statements. If we have to do that to help the client get there, great. Yeah. But if they have someone like Rhonda who does that on the front end and they say, here you go, we uh, we saved the client a ton of money. Yep. We we're, we can now do the legal analysis yes. that we need to do. Yes. And I think that's important, Seth, is, you know, the seeing the value, right? As as clients are going through this process, there's a couple areas, right? There's the legal, the financial, and the emotional, and making sure that people, women in particular, right, have all three of those areas working together, it allows everybody to focus on their strengths, right? And bring the best possible value that we can to our clients. I okay, let's do a little visioning exercise. Given what you just said and how you work with lawyers, I'm a new client for you. How do you set me up for my experience in working through this incredibly challenging thing, right? I'm just coming into your office. I'm confused. I don't, I don't know which is it. That's pretty much true. Like we're not, we're not really delving into fantasy land here. I'm generally a confused person. And uh, so how do you set me up in what I can expect in working with my, uh, my attorney and the legal system vis-a-vis -vis the finances. Are you asking questions like, do you know about your finances? What do you know? What don't you know? Do you want to keep the house if you can afford it? Are you kind of having those conversations, not from a legal perspective on whether or not from a legal perspective, they're entitled to keep the house? That's you're going to give to the lawyer, right? Yes. So I'm asking questions like, what's their biggest challenge? What's the thing that's keeping up them up at night related to the finances? What do they know about the finances? A little bit about like the equity in their home and, and a general idea of what they have as far as retirement assets, if they've been working, if their husband, what his role is, um, is he getting, you know, a base salary plus bonuses? Like those are the kinds of like financial related questions that are really important for us because it's going to help us make the right recommendation. So I want to I want to get back to my question. I want to reposition a little bit because I think this is really important. I'm terrified of the law. Help me not be terrified of the legal process. That's what I want to hear. I, I'm going to rephrase your question a little bit. Pete's a client coming to you, afraid of the law, but forget about the lawyer for a minute. They're afraid about not knowing their finances. They're about to go through a divorce. You might be able to find a good lawyer for them. You might not because that might be in whatever, Oklahoma, where you don't know anybody. So if you have a client coming to you from Oklahoma who's about to go through a divorce, you know no lawyers in Oklahoma, how are you going to help that client who's terrified because they know nothing about their finances step by step? What do you do to help that person? I want to feel safe. I want you to help me find a way to feel safe. Well, I think the one of the first things, right, is listening to them, right? And, and creating this opportunity to say, hey, listen, you're going to have a safe space for us to have a conversation confidentially, right? So that's the first thing. The first practical thing that we're going to do related to the finances 
is we're going to actually help them understand their income and expenses. Why? Because the budget, as much as it's not sexy or glamorous, it is the foundation for every single conversation we're going to have from this point forward, which is, Rhonda, can I keep the house? I don't know right? Um, how much should I be spending? How much can I afford for health insurance each month? I don't know. Like there, there's all these, I don't know questions, right? I don't know the answers to those until we have a really clear picture and really a lifestyle analysis, right? Of what are the current expenses? What have they been spending as a couple, as a household family? How much does it cost to run the household? But then also taking a look at, okay, if you were, if and when, right, you're, you're going to be splitting, Let's look at the expenses that you would have as an individual. I know that there are listeners out there that would be like, oh my God, where do I find all of this information? So a couple things that um, I'm asking whether you advise them to do or you help them with. Do you have them run a credit report? Yes. Pulls up all of their credit, what's out there. So at least we know there's a mortgage, there's credit cards, there's a car payment. You start there. Yes. And once you see that, do you then say, okay, just like, here we go, Pete. I think we talked about this in an earlier show. What's in your wallet, right? What what credit cards yeah, are there? Right. And let's pull those statements. Very few people deal with cash all the time now, right? So do you help them analyze their credit card statements? Yes. To figure out this, their their budget and, and what they've been spending? Yes, and so the bank statements. Simple things, right. So three things they can do. They can pull their credit report at, I think, myfreecreditreport.com. They can look in their wallet and see what credit cards they have and they can go to their bank and get their bank statements and that for you would that be like an amazing start for a client that has no idea where to start yes and and i've had clients who will say hey my husband locked me out i can't get onto my online banking to pull my statements i'm like well the good news is you're on the account right so you can go down to the bank and and then they walk out with a sack of <laughs> the they have the bank you know print those for them Right, right. So yeah, I mean, those are really some key practical things. And then we can take that information and start to make sense of it and put together, you know, their their budget and looking at that. And I, w I was going to mention, you know, I think a, a practical example of how this is important is, again, back to that question of like, hey, should I keep the house or not? And we look at the budget and we look at the income and we rely on the attorneys to say, hey, can you just give us a basic, you know, um, calculation on child support or alimony just for the purposes of helping them try to get their head around what's coming in um, and what's going out. And then we can say, hey, listen, based on some of these preliminary numbers, um, I don't know that it's going to make sense for you to keep the house. However, here's what we can say would be a healthy range for you as you're going out to maybe look for an apartment, for example, right? And what that does is it allows women to go and say, hey, I scheduled a couple appointments. I looked at a couple places. Yeah, they were actually pretty nice versus them going and saying, well, this is X amount of dollars a month. I don't know if I can afford this. So I'm not going to make a decision. And maybe I should be living in like a, a one bedroom efficiency in a crappy neighborhood, or maybe I could afford more than what I realized that I, so it empowers them on the spot where they could actually make a decision. And Rhonda, just before that, even if you, I love your example because I think it's absolutely right. Like, hey, what's our range of what we might be able to expect? It's going to be a broad range till the lawyer gets all the information, does all the analysis. So you, you can get little bits along the way. And I always say, look, I'm, I'm not even going to get you in the ballpark. I might get you in the parking lot of the ballpark. Don't hold me to it, but right. we're going to start narrowing this range. Right. But also in your example, which I do appreciate that you said, okay, I can't afford the house. 
that was an assumption you made for your example. But sometimes when you're going through the divorce process, it might be you can afford to keep the house, but you're not going to have any retirement. And I can help clients make those choices about what they get in a divorce process. What I cannot do as the lawyer, and I am asking Rhonda if this is what she does for her clients, is this, Rhonda, do you say you could be house poor or you could get a smaller living, but you're going to have this in retirement. And if you have this amount in retirement at this age over this many years, this is what it's going to look like in 10 or 15 or 20 years. Yes. Do that analysis with them? Yes, we can do that. And I'm also looking at cash, right? So like there's those couple different buckets, right? So you've got the house living, you've got the retirement, and then you also have the cash bucket, which there's been plenty of times where people are like, well, I, I can get the house. Great. But you and you, yes, you have retirement assets, but you're years away from 59 and a half. So you can't access that money in theory, right? We could talk about some some ways that they could, but in theory, they can't access that money unless the money's quadroed, right? Until 59 and a half. So you have zero cash. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I never thought of that, right? So she said a legal term there, Pete. I got to jump in because I know. I know. Would you please <laughs> we need to get the dictionary? Somebody get the dictionary. Qualified, Mr. Black. Qualified domestic relations orders. Just what everyone uh, wants to talk about. That's right. So cool. So, and it gets better, Pete. It falls under ERISA, <laughs> which is a federal <gasps> law. <laughs> Gas. Yes. So here's here's the very brief nutshell on this, and then we're just going to move on because we really want to talk about mm -hmm. how we can help people get through and understand their finances. But if a spouse has a uh, retirement plan that's governed by federal law, okay, not an IRA, think of a 401k, think of a pension. In, in let's say the husband has it and it's got $100,000 in it and the wife is entitled to half of it. If you get what's called a qualified domestic relations order that says half of that retirement or 401k is going to go to the wife, the wife can then open up a new 401k and take half of that money from the husband's, put it in the wife's. There's no tax consequence. Okay, Pete, if you take out your four, half of your 401k now, you're getting hit with taxes and penalties and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. When you have a quadro by, by definition by a divorce and you split that in half, there's no tax, tax consequence on that transfer from husband to wife. Okay? Okay. Later, if you decide to pull the money out, there will be taxes. And depending on when you do it, there could be penalties. But people get very, very concerned. But... If I take half the retirement, I'm going to have to pay taxes on that. You do not if you no, have they've, it. They've thought they of that. thought of right. that. Okay. Yeah. Which is good. Okay. So it's all the same. It's the same tax consequences when you pull it out later. It's like there's. it's just a, a plain split. It's, it's just, just a, split. a split. The government will take no, nothing, nothing of else. it at that yeah. time. The government's always going to okay. get their piece later. Let's be honest about they that. They will. No. They're just swimming. They're just they're swimming just around sharks. with mouths. Mouths agape. <laughs> That's all they're doing. They're just waiting to bite. And what I always say is it's like you take the one molecule and you divide it yeah. into two, right? So it's just like the yeah. splitting, right? But the, people can take, you know, those retirement funds, right? There's a there's an opportunity for them to take it without, they still have to pay taxes, but they can forego the penalty as long as they're, they're prior to it going into an IRA. 
right? So there's this window where if they did need cash, right, they it's a qualifying event and they can take it out. And again, to your point earlier, Seth, it's not that, you know, we're advocating to say, hey, take retirement funds, right? Like, again, there needs to be this long-term planning as well. But there have been specific situations where the women need access to some cash temporarily and, and it can be an option, you know, for them to access some of the And that's basically what, Rhonda does for clients. It's like, hey, there are different yeah. options out here, but talk to your lawyer about what you're legally yes. allowed to do, not allowed to do, what you can do. Um, but having a good team around you when you go through this process is, I think, vitally important. And I know we're not talking about it today, but Pete, we've talked about in the past where we send clients to see mental health counselors. You're going sure. through a divorce. Go talk to someone that in that hour, half hour, 45 minute session, they are 100% focused on you. It's not your friends. It's not your family. They have no vested interest in this, worried about seeing the grandkids or, or what have you. So having a financial planner that if they're good and they have your financial interest at heart and not making the commission on the front end when it, there's a better product to put you in that they don't make money off until the back end, there's all those things. You got to vet people. But when you are, have good people that are willing to work with you and give you different perspectives for you, the listener, the client, the person going through the divorce, you are the decision maker. And I think we cannot lose sight of that. All these professionals should be giving advice and counsel, and you should then feel as if you have enough information to make the decision. And if you're saying to any of these people, I don't know, you decide. I think you need to check yourself. Ultimately, we're coming in to say, hey, listen, let's make sure that you're asking the right questions so you get the right answers and you feel empowered to make good financial decisions, you know, along the way. Sure, sure. Um, as we get to wrapping up here, I think we, we have we have two areas of of resources i think that we can we can talk about the first one we seth already talked about you know get get a counselor uh, when you think about building the team are you in in a position do you find yourself in a position to uh, recommend other resource professionals that you say have to be on your divorce team after you've talked about after you've you've filled that spot of financial planning, financial wellness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a there's actually quite a few people. Um, obviously, you know the attorneys, the mental health professionals are really important. Um, I will also encourage people to reach out to a real estate agent, especially if they need to have a fair market value or an analysis done on their home, um, an appraisal done on their home, so we can get some information regarding that. Mortgage professionals, the mortgage professionals can also help run credit detailed credit reports a lot. A lot of times we can get them to do them um, at no cost and they can do a really detailed um, credit report as well. Um, health insurance experts, so people that can help look at the different options regarding um, COBRA and the marketplace and independent insurance. Um, also, the life insurance folks, as far as just running some quotes on pricing for that. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends. We we also have referred out to car dealerships, right? Because women are like, yeah, the sure. van's like on life support and I need some help. I am looking at kind of the whole process and saying, okay, who do we need to pull in? And it's not, hey, here's a number of somebody. I'm actually like, let's get on the phone right now and see, who, you know, so let's get a quote on the health insurance right now. Let's schedule an appointment with this person right now. So so we're kind of helping move things along um, to get the information that we need in addition to, you know, just the financial stuff. 
it's a great a, a great set of resources, things to think about. Um, and uh, I don't know, Seth, did, we, did, did you have any holes that you would want to add in there? I thought that list of professionals on all different yeah. avenues for financial issues was a was a great list because it covered all the different aspects that people are going to be concerned yeah. about. And, hey, I'm on my spouse's insurance. When I get divorced, I'm not allowed to be. How much will it cost? Am I going back to work? Can I get it through my employer? But if not, what is in the open marketplace? That's a great question that should be asked and be looked at early. Um, if I need life insurance, um, who do I talk to? How much is that? So I thought that list was uh, just spot on. And I really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners, Rhonda. Yeah, thank you. Rhonda, t- let, let's do the plug part. Uh, tell us about your podcast, your business. Where do you want people to go to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So Divorce Conversations for Women is our podcast, iTunes, iHeartRadio. But they can go to our website, wfwcdivorce.com. Um, they can listen to the podcast. They can read blog articles. Um, but they can also book a, a one-on-one appointment. So uh, we offer a free 30-minute confidential consultation. I handle all of those. Um, so they will be talking to me directly. And and um, they can book a, a free 30-minute time slot. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Rhonda, we so appreciate you. Hey, thank you. Thanks, Rhonda. It's a pleasure. Fantastic Thanks, resources. Seth. This was yeah. awesome. I appreciate it. Yep. Take care. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and attention. On behalf of Rhonda Nordic and Seth Nelson, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, how to split a toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of NLG Divorce and Family Law. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida.